Welcome to the Industry Insider, brought to you by Promo Corner. Each week, promotional product professionals Meg Erber, Jeff Franklin, and Stephen McFadden, along with special guests, will discuss industry news, trends, and events with a focus on educating the promotional products industry. The Industry Insider, the nerdy news you need to know. Welcome back to another episode of the Industry Insider, your promotional products podcast where you can get all the nerdy news you need to know about. My name is Jeff Franklin, National Accounts Manager with Headwear USA, and this is Amateur Hour with Meg Erber, being the only one that's not... Oh, there she goes. There it is. There it is. That Perfect. works. We'll take it. <laughs> this is What's the glass the cup, of Meg? Sorry, I can't see you. What? I can't see you. All right. Well, hold on. Listen, before we get to you, uh, you three fine people, uh, we've got a very professional um, sponsorship ad right now. So let's go with that. Here we go. With MediaTree gift cards, you can offer your customers custom branded holiday gift cards that their employees are sure to love. Unlimited inventory and guaranteed in stock gift cards that deliver right on time. Free five-day delivery for physical cards and free same-day delivery for digital gift cards. Discover all the benefits of choosing MediaTree at www.mediatreerewards.com. Thank you, MediaTree, for the uh, for the sponsorship. Really appreciate you, uh, Meg. How are you doing today? Well, I've been fueled up on sugar all day. I don't think I've eaten anything substantial, so my blood sugar is like <laughs> natural sugar or like candy. Like, are we eating no, fruits like, or what? Like, I made a cup of coffee and I added not only cream but I added whipped cream and caramel for no reason, just just because. Coffee. I mean, that's how you do it. Like, but I'm like, mean? I like this shake so fast. So yeah, otherwise good. It's a nice looking mug there, though. You know, especially that reindeer. He's, wow. he's really the elf, on the other hand, that's just oh, look, Stephen pulling it out as well. All right, uh, Stephen, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. It's a little bit, a little bit of a tough week for our family. We had to say goodbye to our family dog, so that's never, never easy. Um, but I am here nonetheless, and work has been crazy, and I'm excited for fall. That is one thing. Yeah. What are you excited mm -hmm. about fall for? Just the weather, the sports, weather, the food, sports. I don't even, I mean, even the clothes, I don't mind wearing jeans. I mean, all what's of that. Different, <laughs> what's different about the food in the fall? Are you talking holiday food or what? Oh, yes. But I, I do enjoy cooking to match the weather, if that makes sense. Like, I don't want to have like super hot, heavy meals in the middle of the hot summer. So like, so you're not cooking chili in August. I'm not cooking chili in August, but that will start to be in the rotation coming up in the next couple of weeks here. So, heck yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. I can dig it. Sounds good. Well, uh, you're looking dapper in your glasses, as is our special guest you. Uh, today, Michael Reesbaum. Michael, how are you doing? Kid, I'm doing great. I'm, yeah. Everything's uh, love where I am, love the weather, love the fact that the smoker is going to get fired up for the fall, going to make a holiday brisket for next week. Giant. You know what? I'm I'm not a fan of you right now because I'm not uh, I'm not going to be there. You know, I wasn't I invited. Why not? It's literally a <laughs> four and a half hour drive. You can be here in two ten. Uh, totally worth it. <laughs> yeah, boy. Just well, listen, Michael. I, 
I, I know you've, uh, you've you've made a few changes since the last time you were on the podcast, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, I you cut my hair. In? I was going to say. Yeah. Got a haircut in New Orleans over the weekend. That was You lowered the ears. <laughs> you, lo- you lowered the ears. That's good. Yeah. That's good. So what's uh, what's the the situation with uh, with the job? Well, first of all, why don't we, why don't we just do this, all right? Because you know it is customary for us to give our, our guests a good three to four minutes to introduce yourself, and perhaps there's a few people that are listening now that didn't listen to the episode that you did with us prior. So why don't you fill us in on all things Michael Respawn? Maybe how you got started in the promo- promotional products industry and what you've been up to since. So uh, I got started in promo as a, and I'm sorry that this is repetitive, repetitive for you guys, but unfortunately the story hasn't changed. Uh, I, I can never get enough of Michael. Wholesale... Sorry, Jeff. I said I can never get enough of Michael. Don't apologize, sir. It's all good. <laughs> My father had a uh, wholesale retail uh, clothing store in Clifton, New Jersey, and they host, he wholesaled Hanes underwear. And I was a uh, Grateful Dead fan, as you may be able to tell looking over here. Uh, and I used to go to a lot of shows, and I decided to tie-dye boxer shorts, which I thought was going to be unique. Uh, and interesting, and I started tie-dyeing boxer shorts, and then coming out of a show uh, in Hampton, Virginia, in October of 1986, as we're walking out, my girlfriend said, God, I wish I had a sweatshirt, and I'm like, you're a genius, started tie-dyeing sweatshirts, tripled our sales, we never had to sleep in the parking lot, we always had a hotel room with you know seven or eight other people, but life was great, I worked at a deli in D.C., that's still in business called So's Your Mom, uh, 1421 Columbia Road. The guy's name was Alan Ballerin, who owned it. He was an ex-hippie himself. I come back wearing one of the sweatshirts. He's like, let's get those with our logo on it. Hmm. Find a company in D.C. called Capital Imprints, Alex. And I forget his wife's name, maybe Linda, but I think more Russian than that. Um, and anyway, so uh, I got them printed, and there was a bar across the street that was having a 60s night and they wanted me to tie-dye um, some shirts for them so I did that and then the bank next door said can you make me pencils and I remember going to Capital One Prince showroom that they had a mug and a hat and a pen obviously hats uh, and I'm like yeah I can guess I can get you pencils <laughs> so here I am in promo that was 1986 so now it's 2022 and Still hawking the China, as we say. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, well, that's uh, an awesome story. I think I was uh, one, like exactly oh. one. Like I had just turned one when you started selling sweatshirts. So. <laughs> I was sick. Well, I think you left out a big part of uh, your story, Michael. And as my dogs are barking at nothing, um, you have played um, a very very strong role in the regional association, SAGNI, and for how long? I mean, as long as I've known you. Yeah, so I have been a part of SAGNI uh, as a board member for a very, very long time. Uh, I am now the vice president and uh, chair of the uh, Promo East Committee. Promo East is coming up next month. Meg, have you heard? I know know about that. (laughs) So sidebar, Meg is by far, along with Charity, the most pre- productive uh, committee members that I've ever seen. And it's intimidating of the amount of work that she does because I can't match it. So everything that everything good that's going to happen at uh, at Promo East, which is a lot, Meg had her hand in. Aww. Well, thank story. you. But 
I don't know if the viewers have noticed how clean my office finally is. <laughs> it is nice that it, it, it finally doesn't look like a, uh, a warehouse closet, you know? That's, yeah. And you can see the floor. I mean, it's like, you've even got a plant back there. That's good. Nice. <laughs> I really, really, really fantastic. hope we don't start getting to judging offices. Oh, you have a couch for little people. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I would prefer way, we yeah. stay away from that. We're excited yeah. for these, so hope you're gone. All right. Well, listen, I just, I want to go back to one comment real quick because Teresa here was talking about, she's eating everything pumpkin. And I uh, just, I just hope that you're sending all of your pumpkin spice, whatever's mm -hmm. to Bill Petrie online. Yes. He loves uh, it. He loves it from what I hear. So uh, if you're doing that, make sure you're, you're forwarding or copying in, tagging, whatever, Bill Petrie on Facebook for anything pumpkin spice. Good stuff. So if uh, nothing pumpkin spice ends up at uh, my house, I will, I'll be okay with it. Yeah? You don't do any pumpkin spice at all? There's no need for anything relative to pumpkin at Three Shadow Road, Upper Saddle River, New Jersey. So don't say not, not, even a, not even a good pumpkin ale? I mean, if it's called Guinness and tastes like their regular stout, then sure. This guy. I just have to say yeah. something. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Nick. Hurry it up. Hurry it up. Okay, candy corn, yay or nay? Nay. No. NFW. Nick, you're the only person on planet Earth that likes candy corn, you freaking weirdo. Okay. It is not only the Do you like the candy pumpkins too? No, that's taking it too far. That's blasphemy, Stephen. Get out of here. That's like so. I, mean, I, I said no to the candy corn. corn. Is the plastic wrapper? That's the most natural thing of the entire experience. <laughs> Whatever. I'll take all the candy corn, and I will give you my address if you want to get rid of it. So I've already eaten one bag already. It's not even. It's not even October. <laughs> well, apparently Jessica Onions likes candy corn too. That's what I'm saying. So all right, all right. there's there's two weirdos out there. Sorry. It's me on the Andy Corn Cat. All right, we should probably launch into the topic since we're 12 minutes into the episode. Now. <laughs> Sorry for the listeners. Uh, listen, we are here to talk about um, you know the issues with uh, basically with with employees and labor and all that good stuff. We want to talk about delegate CX because Michael, that's something that I believe you uh, you forego you forego. How do you how would you say that? You didn't mention uh, in your introduction. Uh, so why don't why don't you talk about delegate CX and, and what you guys are doing over there? So Jeff, I had a feeling that was coming, so uh, I didn't want to uh, put the teaser in. I figured I would just hit it hard right now. Uh, we so like I'm extraordinarily fortunate uh, in that I have within my network, which is something that should be important to every single person in our industry. Uh, I have two, two good friends of mine who founded a company called Delegate CX. Delegate CX is a BPO, uh, which is Business Process Offshoring. Uh, and that company provides virtual administrative assistant for the promo industry. It's a promo company. Craig Dunlop, the founder of the company, may or may not know, had a company called Meyer Dunlop. Uh, he started using this process, saw that it was scalable, and saw that it really helped his business. He uh, connected with my friend Rory Young, who is now my boss. Rory used to be a pop promo. Uh, and, uh, so Craig comes from the distributor side, Rory comes from the supplier side. They built a platform for our industry. So there's other BPOs in our industry and a lot of them do a terrific job. We're made for promo by promo people. They created a, uh, training program called promo Academy. And that really helps in the onboarding. So I did some research. 
the average time to hire someone in the U.S. is 41 days. 41 days from the time you say, I'm going to post a job opportunity, 41 days till you get a hire. We can actually hire and onboard someone in less than four weeks, including the onboarding, because of this promo academy that gives our candidates the rudimentary knowledge, the very foundation of our industry in a month. So we hire them, we pay their salary, send them to Promo Academy. One month later, they come out with not everything the four of us know, not as much as the distributor knows, but at least they understand the basics of our industry. So when you're onboarding them, that speeds it up so much quicker. They probably know as much as I do. I mean, let's be real. I mean, I didn't feel like that was appropriate. Hard. So Meg and I decided <laughs> not to say that quickly. We wanted that to come naturally, which it did. Yeah. So, Fair enough. You know? Fair enough. So, Listen, this is definitely a much needed um, service, service in our industry, for sure. Uh, you know, I, I know that there are folks that actually join buying groups and things like that just for the back end support. Um, you know, so the ability to, and I, I'm, I, I'm, you know, maybe you can fill us in on whether or not this is, you know, part-time virtual assistant, full-time virtual assistant, all of the above. Um, but it's definitely something that I can see a lot because we're 97% small business, right? Uh, exactly. Stephen, you mentioned the little, the little black book, PPAI's little black book, like that statistic comes from that book. There were 97% uh, small business. So, you know, there's a lot of folks out there that could use a little bit of help to be able to scale their business to the next step without, you know, wanting to go, you know, take the full burden of an entire uh, employee or going through that 41 day process. And then the six months to a year that it takes to probably onboard somebody really the right way. Yep. Um, so definitely huge, uh, huge need for the service. So, Jeff, there are 11 million open jobs in the U.S., according to the government release, the jobs uh, government released recently, 11 million. And that is due a lot to, I don't know, quiet quitting and the great resignation. It's so hard. to. I mean, Stephen, you probably know better than any of us at this point how hard it is to find applicants that are not are, have the acumen to do the job and are eager to do it the right way. It's so challenging. The unemployment rate is only 5.8%. People are leaving their jobs. They're going to gig work. They're going back to school. They're starting their own businesses. There's like, it's very, very challenging to get someone to do this admin level work. And what Delegate was created for was to allow those small businesses to maintain their current staff and allow them to grow in their businesses by taking off that really repeatable admin kind of stuff and allow these critical employees not to get bogged down in that day-to-day checking acknowledgements and confirming tracking and checking inventory, but allow them to grow in their business, have more bandwidth to do the things that really make the company money. So I, I've been trying to figure out where I want to start here because we, we're doing that. Yeah, because <laughs> we we are a um, uh, we we just hired our second delegate CX person uh, as of this morning. So the timing of this is is impeccable. So um, yes. <laughs> so I, I will say, um, you know, I, I've referenced this on previous episodes, but I did have some reluctancy to the to the process, and mainly because I've I I don't know if it's an old school mindset, but you know, we even have. Uh, we, we had a whole division of our company that, you know, 
did provide some value add, but it was more because we like providing jobs for local people. And so we we had said that going into it, we never wanted to, you know, we never considered the opportunity of doing overseas staffing just because we didn't know how that would fit in with a lot of the, the jobs and responsibilities that we had. And primarily, you know, looking at a factory position, you can't really hire that overseas because they need to be in person, right? Um, but as we have grown, it's this is an inter interesting industry where the overhead can very easily match your growth and you don't really grow. Um, we've talked to a lot of people that are just growing super strong and they're like, we're not making anymore. Because like by the time you add, you know, another CSR and another salesperson to do the growth, they you know, you're not, you're not growing at the same rate as your growth. Like you're not making more, uh, necessarily because you have to continually add overhead and a lot of it's tasks that, you know, honestly, they're not sometimes full-time positions or they're not even, uh, they're, they're a lot of routine work jobs, kind of like what you're saying that if you kind of step out of the, of the, the, it needs to be local mindset, and you think about how much more someone locally could do if you had somebody overseas helping with some of the the admin tasks or the you know artwork services or the CSR roles or the tracking and communication, then it opens up your team domestically um, to potentially grow at a at a at a rate that you can afford. Um, so we we actually took the risk on it. I think four months ago or so, we hired our first person. Um, we didn't do it to replace the position. We did it to add a position. You know, we we needed it, but we didn't necessarily have enough growth to match a full time overhead position. So we went through the process and it was it was great. Um, it was super quick and they knew way more than I thought they were going to know coming out of Pro Promo Academy. So it's, uh, it's quite quite a good process. So there's a lot of BPOs in our industry and they're commonly known. Uh, a lot of them are more. Uh, focused on completing a task like uh, submitting orders into that company and they'll have a team of 50 or 30 or 100 people and those people are just going to bang orders into your system get them done really quickly probably very efficiently dcx has a little bit of a different process because we did not come from that kind of uh, call center mentality because we were created for promo we designed a totally different process where we're hiring one person to work full-time for a company or for an, a sales executive. And that person is adaptable to whatever that job description changes into. So we have an incredible 88% retention rate, but the biggest issue is retention. If you have to constantly rehire and retrain people, you're starting at zero. So not only is that person not up to speed, but the person who's training them is taken away and distracted from their regular role. So if you can keep one person year after year after year, you don't only get the benefit of that person growing in their job, in their role, but you also don't distract someone else from having to take the time to train them. And that 88% retention rate is really a standout statistic. So I, I know the answer to this, but I kind of want to leave it to you to, to give the answer. So I know a lot of the pushbacks I had, and I think others will have too, is how do you make someone who's not in your office or not even close to you feel part of your team, um, especially when they're on different hours and they're all that. Can you kind of elaborate on that? Yeah. So uh, thanks for that question, Stephen. So we're, um, when we put our job postings out there, all of our talent comes out of the Philippines. 
It's a really good cultural fit for the United States. BPO, business process offshoring, is the number one industry in the Philippines. So the candidates that we select, we have over 7,450 resumes that we're sifting through on a regular basis. We're putting about 50 people a month through our promo, promo academy. But even before they get to the promo academy, they have to, number one, be incredible communicators. Comprehension is the most important, the most salient topic that we test for and interview for. You can understand what they're saying to you and they can understand what you're trying to teach them. That's not a functional relationship. So communication is number one. The second thing is they have to be committed to work on your hours. So all of our team members, before they even apply, know that they're working the third shift. So they're starting at 9 a.m. New Jersey time or 9 a.m. California time, and they're working until 5 p.m., whatever time zone that is, to accommodate what our clients' needs are because they need to be responsive. Now, some of those jobs that our distributors, flyer clients need don't need to be so responsive. So, I mean, it's flexible based on the relationship between the, the U.S. client and their Filipino associate. So if they come up with a plan where, you know, I want you on camera or on, available on Teams for the first half of your day, and then everything else you're going to be doing are going to be virtual samples or creating marketing pieces or scheduling social media posts, you can do that on your own time. That's a choice between our client and their associate. We do want to make them feel like they're part of the team, Stephen. So it's really important to when you're having meetings, have that person on the screen as well. And the technology is so stable now. It's mm -hmm. so reliable now. Nothing's perfect. I was on a call with a giant client, a potential client last week. And like everyone in my house was on a Zoom call. So of course mine gets frozen because Michael's critical. <laughs> like, I don't know if I could say shit happens here, so I'm not going to, but stuff happens. <laughs> and like, even like in Upper Saddle River, New Jersey, which is, you know, has great Wi-Fi, even that goes down. But it is very reliable in terms of the technology and keeping those people on calls with you regularly and send them some swag with your logo on it so they feel like you're part of the team. And when they do a great job, make a company-wide announcement. And that's how they really feel like they're, they're with you. I love those ideas. And I like how you brought it full circle about what you're doing to implement what's the norm and then what you can do extra. But what we're missing here on all of this is what got us to this point, right? You, you've touched on it briefly, Michael, when you talked about the great resignation and the quiet quitting. We, as a, uh, as a team, we had actually debated this topic um, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. And um, there's, there, I mean, it was mostly because of COVID, but this was also happening prior to COVID. But I feel like the need for these systems have happened um, because of the impact that COVID had, not only on the country, the world, but our industry as well. And um, I really want to touch base on the article that was put out by PPI the other day, the quiet quitting. I thought it was really interesting to hear four different perspectives from four different levels anonymously in our industry to talk about what's happening, how they think it can affect the industry. Um, and it was, it was just really interesting because you hear someone like on an employee level and they're like, yeah, you know, we want our weekends. We don't want to spend all night and all day and all afternoon and all weekend working on our job. So this is what it is. And then 
you know, some old timers in the industry are like, well, they're just putting a label to it because it's always been around. They call them lifers, you know, people who just don't want to put in the effort to, you know, do extra. They just do their nine to five and that's it. And that is a really big problem in this industry because this industry is based off of volunteerism, creativity, you know, good people who want to see this industry left in a better place than they came in it. Right. So, so is that what got us here? I mean, Michael, what are your thoughts on that? There's a there's a real culture shift. I mean, yeah. uh, Vicky, who uh, my wife Vicky is a uh, account executive and is a distributor, and she would like start her day at seven o'clock in the morning, maybe not seven. She'd start her day early in the morning, and her hair would be on fire because she'd have <laughs> thirty one projects. All those plates are on fire. She's trying to catch every single one of them, and she was a solopreneur. And it's really, really difficult. And she didn't have any time to grow her business. But to what you're saying, she was so dedicated to it. She was so committed to making sure that her clients got what they needed when they needed it and that it was right because she was inspired to do it. And she really struggled to find someone who matched that passion after she fired me. But so <laughs> after, she, after she dumped me from the job. I don't want to go all philosophical, but, um, you know, I think grow, growing up too, you always hear, you know, the, the analogy of, you know, first and last out of the gym or of the office. And, you know, if you're not working harder, somebody else is working harder than you, or if you're not calling in your customer, somebody else is. And we, we have this drilled into our brain that if you're not on 24 seven, then somebody else is right. Like you're, you're at risk yeah. at every second of, of dropping. You're not first. Your last. Your last. Right. All right and it's it's just that mindset is I don't want to say opposite, but it's I think people that are coming into the workforce now are saying, I, I'll choose my life. Like I'll choose a little bit of happiness instead of that. And yeah, I mean, can you play No, and I <laughs> I'm my, uh, I have a my, my dad always daughter, said. and she, you know, she doesn't have she has a great job, she does very nicely. Mm -hmm. uh, compensation's terrific, she doesn't have to work that hard but she's not inspired by it. And I'm like, how Jersey can I get, Meg? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, <laughs> you can who Jersey. cares? Yeah. Who cares how socially relevant your job is? Mm -hmm. Be socially revel rel easy for me to say, relevant with the compensation that your job brings you. But that's not the way her generation thinks. They want to be relevant. They want it to matter in the job. And frankly, I find that inspirational. Yeah. Yeah. My, my dad always had a saying, he basically said he works to live, not lives to work. Um, you know, and I, I he passed at, uh, at 59 this year, you know what I mean? So that, that definitely uh, weighs heavy on, on me, you know, dying so young, you know, and just kind of, I think it, it weighs on everybody, you know, it's always something you think about and just trying to set your priorities straight and trying to figure out, you know, how to, how to get a little bit of balance, but still be as productive as possible. Um, but yeah, I mean, Meg, did you get the uh, the link that I sent you that uh, a very uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, where he was oh, talking yeah, about? I the, the look at it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I did get so it. So one of the things that Gary Vaynerchuk, somebody asked him, you know, sort of what he thought about you know the whole quiet quitting thing, and he basically said, "Well, that's wonderful, but how about the never applying in the first place situation that we're in? Because you've got you know kids that are coming out of uh, high school and college, and to be honest with you, there's just so many ways to make money on the internet." it really doesn't take a whole lot to make 50 to a hundred K on the internet by yourself. And if you want to live, you know, a fairly okay life, but have a whole lot of flexible me time, you know, it's, there's, 
a lot of alternatives out there. So there's definitely a lot of things to compete with. You know what, Jeff? That's why we. That's why my company not not. This isn't advertising for Delegate CX. www.delegatecx.com. Call Michael Reese that many times. It's not an advertising <laughs> for that. But the reason why we have grown to yeah, the reason why we've grown in 23 months to 901. Thanks, Stephen, for allowing us to break the 900 mark. Uh, 901 employees working for uh, 302 distributors and suppliers in the industry is exactly Jeff what you just referred to. That's really hard to hire these administrative roles. Yeah. And we have people who are eager to work and are college educated and are dedicated and are willing to work your nine to five and do those repeatable and totally necessary, but frankly, a little drudgy, a little, some drudgery there, roles. And they're happy to do it because it changes their lives and their families' lives. And you can't get people here to do it. You know, it's it's really interesting because, you know, I wasn't wasn't alive. I don't know if any of us was. But when when, you know, a country makes uh, that shift from from one industry to the next, you know, like from from industrial to technology, like how did that shift take place? Because I'm sure you get a lot of this kind of same thing, you know, right. And I think we're sort of in the middle of that again because of technology. Well, I, was, I was like 35 during the Industrial Revolution in 1928. So, yeah, yeah it was I, I remember when the wheel was first came out. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but, you know, it, it it just makes you wonder, like, you know, was is there any, you know, statistics or history on that that, you know, we actually have access to that we could actually look up and sort of see those, um, you know, those those things take place and unfold and then kind of use that as a stepping yeah, stone. So as to what we happened here. I would I was alive when the fax machine I wasn't alive. I bought a fax machine for my dad's company, circling back to the old man. Um, I bought a fax machine for his company when I graduated college in 1987. It was the size of a medium-sized refrigerator, not even a dorm fridge, like a big one. Um, uh, so I bought this fax machine. It was $999. I bring it back to the office on a hand truck because it was so heavy. And my father's like, he told me that he thought that I was flippant with his money in very clear Jersey terms including GTFO. Um, and like, he didn't want to change. He didn't want to adapt. He was used to writing his purchase orders, mailing them in and to Haynes underwear in Winston-Salem, uh, North Carolina. And now he's able to send them in, fax them in and have them be received and entered same day. It was literally miraculous and life-changing to him. So fast forward a few years, no one's using fax machines anymore. There was a dude selling fax machines who was probably making a really, really good salary from 1987 to 1993. And then email came in and he's out of a job. And there was a woman who was selling the fax paper, that thermal fax paper that would roll up. She was doing really, really nicely in 1988. 1995, she's looking for work too. People need to adapt. We all have to adapt. I would say that. Adapt and evolve. You have to. You have to. Absolutely. So we're adapting. And our industry, I think, because we're so entrepreneurial, you said 93% are small businesses. We adapt faster than most. 97? Yeah. So that's another 4% that <laughs> adapts quickly because we Just have to. Kill or die. Sorry, Kill or die. Absolutely. Or die. Kill or be killed. Meg, Stephen, any other questions for Michael before we wrap this puppy up? Man, um, 
gosh, there was a lot I was thinking of, but when you, know, you start listening and you just forget the questions, I think they were answered. But um, yeah, I don't know. Great episode, uh, Michael. Thank you for your your wit and your your just just coming on again. We love you. We love to have you. Yes, I love being on with you guys, Long-time Michael. Friend. I'll ask one more question because uh, yeah. I, I don't think I, I don't know if you had addressed it. And you might have. Um, there's a lot going on in the back end here, but it, it is as far as the virtual assistants that you guys do. Uh, hire out through delegatecx.com. Contact Michael, Re- Michael Reesbaum anytime. Um, is it is it completely all full-time virtual assistant or do you guys offer part-time virtual assistant as well? So we're, we offer full-time employment. We want our team members in the Philippines to know that they have a job, that they have a full-time job. They work for one person. We have found it to be uh, un- not particularly functional for one person to work for two or three or four or five different people. It's very challenging in terms of how many hours a week everyone gets. It's distracting for that employee to kind of juggle all these different people at the same time. We have seen it work. Normally it works best when we do a share, which is not common. We'll do a share for two people who either work at the same company or who are very close in terms of respect for each other. So they kind of know that there's going to be some give and take. If it's more than two people, it's very, very frustrating for our employee in the Philippines to kind of keep everything straight. It's a huge ask. So the vast majority is full-time. I'd say 95% of our associates work full-time for one company or one person. Uh, The few that do split, it's a relationship that we know is going to be reliable and repeatable. And Stephen, as a customer, having having just hired your second one, I, I would assume it's economically feasible then to to hire these virtual assistants even full time. It, it is, yeah. And um, you know, I, I would encourage everyone to ask questions that they may have uh, with their own reservations or their own curiosity. Um, you know, as far as like things that are important to them as a company. But that was a thing that was important to us as well. Was um, you know that adequate compensation based on where they live you know that was something i had to consider like wow this seems like a lot less here but what does that equate to where they live right i i had to we were asking questions like that and it's a it's a great salary for them where they are um so it's it was it was good it made sense for us but i would like i said if you have those questions ask them and they can give you some answers so that's awesome. So, you know, uh, Michael, if our listeners, viewers are want to know more information, obviously they can go to your website. Um, quick question for you, though. Are they going to be at Promotions East? So we are very much going to be at Promotions East under www.delegatecx.com. We will have I'm a booth uh, on the bottom, correct scrolling. Uh, we have a booth. I will be very, very, very present and probably entirely sober until the show closes. And when so you're I drinking all those party. pumpkin beers, right? I will yeah. not be, I can commit to no pumpkin beer. Uh, come on, it's October. I mean, if we make a bet about the Jets and I lose, maybe <laughs> I'll have one. But I'm well, gonna but are you Ooh. betting against the Jets or for the Jets? I will never bet against the Jets, and I will usually lose. Oh, well, I'll take that then. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then soon it's going to be basketball season, so you can do the same thing with the Knicks. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, if you guys don't have any other questions, Michael, definitely appreciate you coming on. Uh, and thank you again to Media Tree for sponsoring us. And we'll, uh, we'll roll out with that one.
With MediaTree gift cards, you can offer your customers custom-branded holiday gift cards that their employees are sure to love. Unlimited inventory and guaranteed in-stock gift cards that deliver right on time. Free 5-day delivery for physical cards and free same-day delivery for digital gift cards. Discover all the benefits of choosing MediaTree at www.mediatreerewards.com. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Promo Corner's Industry Insider. For more great content from industry thought leaders, including podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit promocorner.com.